Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a special run of guest-hosted episodes of I Was There Too, the show where normally I talk to people who were there in the great and interesting moments of film history. But for the next two months, I'm stepping aside to let a handful of special people take over the hosting duties, because I'm off getting married and honeymooned. So I'll be back directly. But until then, this run of shows, both in the guests as well as the hosts, will be some really really great stuff. How do I know? Because I know who the guests are, and I know who the hosts are, and I will be listening to the interviews as they come just like you, and I can't wait. So today, I give you my good friend, Ben Blacker, talking to none other than Chewbacca the Wookiee himself, Peter Mayhew, at Emerald City Comic Con 2017. Please stay subscribed, write a review of this show on iTunes if you get a chance, and if you ever want to dig back into the archives to hear great episodes like Paula Malcolmson talking all about playing Trixie in the brilliant show Deadwood, or Greg Proops discussing playing one head of the Podrace announcer in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, just visit Stitcher Premium or Howl.fm. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. The Films Almost every Star Wars movie so far. The years, 1977 through at least the time of this recording. The role, Chewbacca. The actor, Peter Mayhew. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this conversation with Peter Mayhew. Thank you for being here. Please give yourselves a round of applause. Uh, my name is Ben Blacker. I'll be hosting this conversation. Uh, I'm the uh, co-creator of a stage show and podcast called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Uh, oh, thanks. Uh, I'm also the, co uh, the creator and host of the Nerdist Writers Panel and the Nerdist Comics Panel. If you want to hear the real nerdy stuff about uh, the business and process of making comics, come to our live Nerdist Comics Panel tomorrow at 2.45. It'll be the last thing you do at this con. Um, 
Uh, I'm also a television writer. I've written for such shows as Supernatural, uh, Puss in Boots, and others. Um, I have a new comic out from Boom. Please go check it out. It's called Death Be Damned. It's a supernatural western. And next week, I have a book that I co-wrote with my writing partner called Star Wars, Join the Resistance. Yeah, I'm excited, too. (laughs) Uh, It's about a bunch of kids who join the Resistance against the First Order. Uh, It takes place directly before The Force Awakens. Uh, It's the first in the series of four, so please pick it up. Uh, Look, I'm going to write the other ones whether you pick it up or not, but I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, And that is out uh, next week via Amazon.com or your local bookstore. Now, please give a prolonged and warm welcome to our guest, Peter Mayhew. Everybody was going to get up for this, but I can see people have had a good night last night, and some of it shows on your faces, but uh, welcome, and thank you for inviting me. And thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's Uh, great fun. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Let's get into it. Um, I'd like to hear, uh, listen, guys, before we get to the Star Wars stuff. What Star Wars stuff? Um, I'm curious to hear about what kind of acting work you were doing prior to Star Wars. Are you trained, uh, formally trained as an actor? How did they find you? Uh, quick story. Um, I, being big, you don't know, quite know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, there's certain things that you can do, certain things you can't. And I was working in a hospital, a hospital orderly. And a guy comes in, see your, see your relatives. He happens to be a, a reporter for a local paper. And he took a picture of me and my workmate, who was five foot two. <laughs> so you got that and that. <laughs> um, he took that back, put it in the newspaper, and he, a producer for another movie, was coming back from the studios, saw the advert, and said, hmm, I think we can use it. Now, this was not Star Wars. This was Sinbad, the Eye of the Tiger. Mm-hmm. I played the Minotaur. <laughs> what, uh, uh, what, what, what kind of, uh, what did they put you in? What kind of an outfit did they put you um, in? Fiberglass. Really? It was a fiberglass armored suit. Wow. What uh, is that weigh? Not weight, it's bulk. It was bulk. <laughs> just bulky. Um, just bulky. And a little bit awkward because they screwed wooden, boot, uh, wooden blocks to my shoes. Oh, wow. So they made me over 
almost nine feet tall. That was fine. What were you asked to do in this picture? I played the power of Zenobia. I should have guessed it. And we were on a barge, or a so-called barge, powering around the ocean in the the story. Mm -hmm. And you go out and you find out that the boat is a lorry, uh, is a truck chassis with an Egyptian boat, uh, with an Egyptian um, thing on it, cover on it. I had to stand at the back and pretend to power this thing around. It was fine. We were in the Mediterranean. It was great. Until they said, oh, we want to change the uh, angle of the uh, view. So what we're going to do, we're going to put a tow rope on it and have it towed by a tug around the Mediterranean. You've got 600 meters of tow rope. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Take that. It's fine going that way. <laughs> but when you go round at the same time, everything floats. <laughs> I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a piece of wood about that big. Um... Into a into a deck screw into a piece another piece of wood screwed into the deck. So all I've got hold of is this oh, lump no. of wood. About that big. <laughs> and and you're going, towering over. And the, it's the going end. like this. <laughs> um, so did you go in? No, I never dropped. All right, <laughs> I never never got my feet wet. So, but it did give you the strangest feeling that um, you were, you know, the old definition of a drunken sailor? (laughs) All right, you're out there six, eight hours on on a thing, on a boat. You come come into the dock, you try and get off. It's all over the place. (laughs) I said, where's the bar? Someone said, oh, it's through there. I said, that's where I'd be until I sober up. <laughs> I wasn't drunk, but you know, yeah. everything, was, everything was just crazily um, the, the world weird, is, stupid. Yeah, yeah the it, world is the rocking. World changed. <laughs> but it was a good movie because it was Patrick Wayne... Um, Sam Wanamaker was a director. Ray Harryhausen mm-hmm. did all the special effects. Yeah. And I thought, right, what a wonderful way to start yeah. a new career. This is an auspicious beginning oh, to yeah. a new career. So, it, so what happened next? Six months later, I get a phone call. Oh, we need you for so-and-so. We would like to offer you so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, okay, what is it? He's, and the person on the other end said, oh, it's a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the name of Star Wars. What was your reaction to hearing that name? In those days, nothing. Right. Hardly any. No. What did that mean? It meant nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it was a B-movie. Mm-hmm. With and look, it still kind of is, let's be honest. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> he knows all about it. <laughs> um, 
So we are there. We go up to the studios. I have an interview with George. And along one side, he's got an office about this size. So we sit down and look along one side. There's all the storyboard drawings of all the characters. There's, you've got your main characters in the middle, spreading out to one end has Darth Vader. I looked, six foot seven. I thought, no, forget that one. And so I rode along the other side. And it was, it looked like a Neanderthal man. And... Yeah, what was, can you describe that drawing? Oh, that. It was the normal costume, mm-hmm. furry costume, with a leotard, uh, yeah, a vest and a pair of shorts. <laughs> George comes along and goes, who designed this? <laughs> Why? Well, Wookiees are animals. They do not wear clothes. <laughs> and boy, when it came out, we got uh, we get fan we get fan mail from the American League of Decency <laughs> <laughs> because Chewie is standing there. He, he's got his hair on and about, and, that, and that's about it. So, <laughs> so this is let me. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but only, was, only six months. Yeah, yeah. Was there? Well, my question is, but was there when it came time to do like, costume fittings and stuff? There was no talk of clothes at that point. No, by then it no. was all sorted. Yeah, by then it sorted, and the co- and the costume was made, mm-hmm. and because they had to be quick, because the first unit were out in Tunisia mm-hmm. uh, with as I say, the first unit, and they were coming back. So Chewie, and they looked at the schedule, and Chewie was in Docking Bay 94 when uh, Han is talking to Jabba. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, my first sort of first basic scene. So the, the first scene wound up yep. on the cutting room floor. No, no, no. <laughs> the, most of it. No, but the only reason that it was cut, because they could not find, even with the power of the computers, they didn't know what Jabba looked like. Yeah. So we had a, we had an Irishman playing uh, about six foot seven and about 400 pounds. So yes. you can imagine. <laughs> Which isn't, which isn't a bad shot at the actual jabber, as it turned out. So, <laughs> it was yeah. close. It was close. It was they close. weren't there yet. It wasn't there um, yet. I'd like to go back to that conversation you had with George in yeah. his office. Uh, did he? I'm sure he told you about the character. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so what was that conversation like? Um, sort of, hi, I'm... Introductions were done, mm-hmm. and he said, there is the, the character that we would like to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry about the costume, that will be modified. <laughs> and he said, your actual character will be a mime character. Interesting. So you don't have to learn script or anything like that. <laughs> so, was that very appealing to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And <laughs> so we go, 
We go to the costumiers, get the costume made, everything works out right. And I thought I was rather strange having wearing this costume. Mm-hmm. Two days later, we are in the cantina. <laughs> oh, with all those crazy mother uh, <laughs> fellows, <laughs> uh, all the different characters, two-headed monsters, green monsters, twins, you name it, they were all in there. <laughs> I felt absolutely at home. It was wonderful. <laughs> so, you know, it's, as I say, that was... That was the first day and first week, and I still couldn't believe it. You know? I, yeah, I want to ask you about the costume. Um, what does it feel like to be Chewbacca? What does it feel like to be in that costume? Is it a comfortable costume? Yeah, it, it's handmade for me. Um, it's a mohair suit, knitted. Mm-hmm. So you've got sort of that kind of... Yeah, a crisscross. A crisscross. Yeah. Then... They'd put all the long hair through that hand. It's hand, all hand done. Wow. Um, that, while the costume was being made, the, the face mask was being cast and put together, basically. And mm-hmm. it was put together by a dear friend um, who was um, the expert on doing faces and masks. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Everybody else has tried it, but nothing works <laughs> like this. Yeah. Even the you know, even even the Hollywood guys couldn't do it properly. Well that's that's a sort of an inter- that's an interesting point I think. Uh, you know, this was, as you say, a B movie at the time. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't have sort of the creme de la creme of the Hollywood creators no, no. behind it. They became it, but they weren't at the time. But it did have three English mm-hmm. people with... <laughs> um, no, it had three people who were characters. One was Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. The other was Alec Guinness. And Ian McDermott yeah. were all heroes of mine. Yeah. Especially Alec Guinness, you know, I'd grown up on his black and white movies and yeah. stuff. Absolutely wonderful man to work for. If, if you guys only know Alec Guinness from Star Wars, you really ought to go check out... Uh, check anything of his. Yeah, uh, Kind Hearts and Coronets. And, man and man in like the White that. Suit. Man in the White Suit. Yeah, these are great films. They're which all great. Show his incredible range. Black and white films. Yeah. And they are, he was like the perfectionist. Yeah, tell, tell me a little bit about him. What was it like to meet this hero? He was wonderful. Yeah. We, we'd, have a, we'd have an area where we waited while the technicians and stuff were going on, putting, putting scenes up, putting explosives in, putting things in. Right. And we'd sit down, get a cup of coffee, <laughs> and he, he always came on set dressed as Obi-Wan. <laughs> well, it seemed like a very comfortable bathrobe. It was. It was a beautiful bathrobe, <laughs> and 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 the um, and the uh, beard was his. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> That's right. That was no. Uh, that was no 
uh, fixed, uh, unfixable right. beard. They don't do it like that anymore. No, no. <laughs> but he, he always used to carry the uh, uh, late, load, latest edition of the London Times. Mm -hmm. And he could talk to you about anything, whether it be politics or cricket or any other sports. And it happened to be that while we were shooting, it was the beginning of the cricket season. Mm -hmm. So consequently, um, various comments were made. And cause, <laughs> but Mark and Mark was interested in cricket why i don't know but <laughs> like he was a kid that's that he was a kid growing <laughs> up and the conversations were crazily weird sometimes <laughs> but i say this for him if he got it wrong he'd apologize to the entire company <laughs> and then go back and do it again that's lovely and i mean that's... get it right this time. That's a gentleman actor. Oh, that is you know? perfect. You yeah. Know? And, you know, he recognized, you know, we were doing Empire. We were, when, we, when we were doing Empire, we were in the middle of London in Odeon Leicester Square. And we went up for the, um, for the, uh, for the premiere. <laughs> and I taken some friends up there. And of all the, Hyperloys and peop high people at those at those uh, premieres. He came over, shook my hand, and said, "Nice to see you." Didn't know me from Adam, but that is the kind of guy that he is. That's really nice to hear. He's a, a he was a lovely man. Yeah. So, was there? You know, it, it seems like, especially that first film, uh, was a very complicated movie to make just from sort of a technical standpoint was there a lot of doing scenes over and over what was not that much okay. um, what was difficult for you on those what was could you see out of that mask I could see they were my own eyes they're, well sure <laughs> no they're my but did you have peripheral vision about that not too much there lots I could all right I can see you <laughs> and I can see the end of the tape oh all right so that's pretty decent yeah and I can, but there's a lot of running around and, I, and things. Yeah, I can hear, I can run, or oh, I could do. Um, but that's another story. Uh, but we'll tell the, it. <laughs> in, in, in those days, uh, I, you know, everybody was fit. Everybody needed to do something, and mm -hmm. um, we 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 work. We would sort of. It would be almost a gang of five. Mm -hmm. And we'd say, right, you go there, you go there, you go there. Doesn't matter what George wants. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it right. We'll, we'll do it our way. Did he, was he giving you guys direction that you were ignoring? <laughs> Sometimes he what, what was. What was he like as a director? Okay. Let me let me ask you this. Let me I don't uh, let me ask you this. How how was George as a director, and how was J.J. Abrams as a director? Uh, George. What was, was their a, style? George is 
was more technical. Mm -hmm. He would write things down very longhand. <laughs> and, but he got it back because Harrison was doing a scene in the cockpit, the, uh, the jump to light speed, mm -hmm. blah, 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 <laughs> which went on for about that length of, of script. Harrison tried it about three times. And he leans over. Georgie's where that chair is. He, hey, George, do I have to shoot this shit sort of thing? <laughs> and he said, why? He said, well, what if I say so-and-so and so-and-so? You're going to get the same. You're going to get the same meaning for it. Oh, yeah, okay, try it. And it worked. JJ is almost identical because he always said that he wanted to go back to the non-digital stuff. Mm -hmm. He wanted everything virtually to work. Yeah. They even found and reconstructed the Falcon. Really? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It was it was blueprints in a drawer that have been abandoned. Someone's going through them and they find a blueprint of the entire Millennium Falcon. Wow. So they made it and working off the blueprints, mm -hmm. they made it to exactly the same size. Tell me about going onto that set again after 30 years. Well, on, on seven, um, you walk into it, it has the same smell and the, <laughs> wow. same, and the same color. <laughs> the leathers and leather seats and everything else. The only th I think the only thing that really changed was some of the digital, digital stuff, which means rather than on the original, whether you had... Um, you had uh, back protectors as against digital stuff, mm -hmm. obviously. But one good thing, they were still using the same Panaflex cameras. Really? I didn't realize Even that. this, even in this day and age. Mm -hmm. They found them because they were hired from a, a cinema company and put it back, put them back on the, on the dollies, and it just worked. That's really interesting. It was fabulous. Um, uh, let's talk about you and Harrison Ford and Chewbacca and Han Solo. Um, you know, these, there's a great chemistry between these yes. two characters, yep. and it sounds like a lot of that sort of what the characters were was found once the group came together. Yeah. Can you talk to me about meeting Harrison and, and working together? Meeting Harrison, he was, you know, he was doing, he was, a, he was shooting a, a scene without Chewie, which was unusual. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting in the coffee lounge, as I called it, and he had a script in his hand, his cup of coffee, his uh, thermos of coffee down there. He's dressed as Han Solo. Comes in. Hi, my name's Harrison Ford. 
So, mine's Peter Mayhew. And we just, I don't know, you just fit and you get that fat feeling of someone that you know you're going to like to work with. Mm-hmm. And we, we had some fun. We had great, but we also wouldn't talk to each other. <laughs> no, I, I, because you need to concentrate on what you are actually doing, yeah. and you need that to just clear your brain and find out what you're actually doing. Yeah. Uh, tell me a, a little bit about shooting. Uh, was it in Norway that you shot the hoth scenes for yes. Empire? Yes. Yep. Did you? Was the did the costume uh, keep you warm? Oh yeah. I did could. you did you give Harrison some shit about that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But George got got us both. We're up on the middle of Norway. Uh, there's about 15, 20 feet of snow on the ground. And we're doing the pro droid. We're out there. I've got costume on, blah, blah, blah. And... George comes up and goes, you guys, you guys look, don't look quite um, prepared. There's not enough snow around on you. Please, can you roll in the snow? (laughs) How cold was it there? It was about 15 degrees below. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) So we go, yes, boss. And there's pictures somewhere, I don't know where, of both of us laying on our backs, rolling. (laughs) Rolling in the snow. Rolling in the snow. That's terrific. And then they said, right, positions. We did the scene, and it was cleared first, second time. Mm -hmm. And they said, right, you can go back. Okay. We what we up, up there... We had a hut where all the meals were taken and everything else, changing rooms and the lot. And I go back. I've got a guy with me. And he says, right, let's get you out of this. So it's got a zip down the back. And I said, right, okay, take that off. Undo the undo the zip and it f- I'm there and it felt like a dead cat had hit the floor <laughs> because it was, the, all because it was solid ice oh god um, the, the temperature in the hut was about 3 degrees so oh. you can imagine <laughs> everything is there oh. and what? thank you, thank you. What are you wearing under the suit? A leotard. Sure. Yeah. So you get out into this, from this block of ice into a three-degree room. <laughs> Not comfortable. Not too bad because... I, because <laughs> very I, tough. Because I'd taken this warm clothes up knowing what was going to happen. Good, good. Now, now, the opposite... Uh, you probably had a, a sort of opposite experience... You did those in Return of the Jedi. You guys were shooting in the desert at the beginning. 
uh, where, where was that, the, the Jabba the Hutt stuff? Uh, Yuma, Yuma, Arizona. It was in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, and it must have been 100 degrees. Yeah. How do you, how do you contend with the suit and that? And did quite, Harrison Ford give you some shit? Quite, quite easily, because mm-hmm. you, look at the, you look at Jabba's ship. Mm-hmm. It's got sails, <laughs> which cause shadow. Mm-hmm. You you find a piece of shadow <laughs> and sit there until <laughs> until you are cold. <laughs> That's very clever. Um, uh, there again, yeah. there's a picture of me in my leotard, a pair of shorts, and a sun hat. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are these pictures? We gotta find these. You won't find them. <laughs> I have them all. <laughs> uh, I'm curious to hear about the group when you guys came together. You've told us about uh, Sir Alec Guinness. You've yep. told us about Harrison and a uh, little bit about Mark. Tell us about working with Carrie Fisher. What is there not to tell? <laughs> um, being younger, she had more energy than anybody else. Um, and she was always in the middle of stirring the crap. <laughs> but, she, but she did always did it in a nice, nice way. So, you know, and that is why you, I don't know, you, you sort of, you sort of get there. And when you're accepted as a group, mm-hmm. That group sticks together. Yeah, and it's remarkable that we're that we're alive, basically. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. It seems like you were all sort of able to lean on each other yeah. for oh, yeah. what could have been a very difficult uh, production experience. Not really, because they, most people knew what they were doing. They did. <laughs> they well, had. you you seem you were probably one of the newest guys, right? Possible. Yeah. 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 Uh, what were the particular joys of shooting that first film? Do you remember some fun fun bits? Yeah, probably the chess game. The I'm sorry, the chess the game. The chess game. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? What about that? Well, you come in, you've got a checkers board. Three PO is there. R two is there. Chewie's here. And. He, you know, they they prepared to start, and someone we get the orders to to start, and one of the technicians was coming by, and he said, "Okay, yep." I said, "One more, one question. Where are the chess pieces?" <laughs> oh, don't worry about that, mate. <laughs> we'll, we'll put me afterwards. <laughs> okay. So you have a novice trying to play chess for the first time. And so I figure that the Mayhew School of Life sets you up very nicely for playing chess against a droid. <laughs> so, no, but... Um, I was just one of those people 
that fitted their mm -hmm. uh, description <laughs> and was available. So that's, I am thankful for whatever is, whatever happened then has now become yeah. 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Well, I want to say, I mean, and, and we're lucky, too, that you were there and available, but don't, don't undersell yourself. I mean, there is a soul to Chewbacca, and I oh, think, yeah. I think yeah. you bring that soul. Well, that is the way I've always done things. <laughs> and anything, anything we can do for a lot of people, we will do. You know, we've got the foundation mm -hmm. and various other things that uh, we help when we can and just make sure that everybody knows that Star Wars rules. <laughs> uh, you know, uh let me. I want to ask you another uh, sort of question from early on, and then we'll jump around a little bit, but... Uh, finding the roar. Right. Was there was there a process to discovering what Chewie sounded like? Yes. Tell us about that. Um, ben Burt, who mm -hmm. did the sound, were, was out at San Diego Zoo. Mm -hmm. And they found a bear, a brown bear that was hungry, thirsty, irritable, and they found it, got it fed, and it changes sound. It's like a dog that's hungry, or a dog that, you know, each animal has a different sound. They took that, and they also took a dog noise for the higher, uh, for higher up regions. Mm -hmm put them all together, I knew roughly what the sound was. So you got to hear something, oh, a yeah. rough version before yeah. the, the film but began. George was quite happy that even if I, when I communicated with the other three, mm -hmm. it was mainly Mark and Harrison and Kerry, with the other three, I knew what I was doing. So it's timing. And you learn by your your taking a last word from someone's speech, reacting to it, and waiting for the other people to come in. <laughs> easy, <laughs> or easy, easy, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how that came about. That's interesting. Um, what? Um Let's, let's, like I said, let's jump around a little bit. Um, were you involved with the holiday special? Every thing that I do, uh, someone comes up with a holiday special. <laughs> well, now's your chance. Let's get into it. As far as, far as I'm concerned, it was great. We, uh, yeah. we, we had a great time. Um, was it, how quickly was it shot? Do you remember? About two weeks. All right, so that's a pretty good amount of time for, what is it, a couple hours special? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah. But that's a good long, that's a good long time. Um, do you have any particular memories from, from shooting that? Yeah, but we haven't got time to go in for that. <laughs> Listen, 
You run this place. <laughs> we have all the time that you want. Um, well, let's say it was a mixed up family. <laughs> My wife was a six foot seven guy at about 300 pounds. <laughs> My father in law was a student, and my son should have been my daughter because she was female. Um, and we just had the ball, had a ball uh, with, um, who was it? Art, Art Carney played mm -hmm. uh, the storekeeper. And it was just to take Harrison back home to Kashyyyk. Uh, yeah, Kashyyyk. Uh, it was done. I don't know who did it. I just remember yeah. that it was um, available. You know, I don't know whether he got permission for it or what. <laughs> and I still don't understand why George objected to it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was they did couldn't couldn't get the couldn't get the percentages right yeah. or whatever. I don't know, but we certainly, it was hard work yeah. because it was in Burbank and it was pretty warm. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was fun. We enjoyed it. It got everybody back together again. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think, uh, you guys had a sort of an extended scene with Art Carney. Do you think he knew what was going on? <laughs> Oh, of course he did. All right. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars was a phenomenon by that time. He was, he, really? he was, there again, he was a professional. Yeah. And you give him, you give him a script, oh, this goes that way, and you explain it to him. Okay. Yeah, great. As long as the check bounce, don't bounce, so we're fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, I was told that... Uh, and I, I don't know which film, you have to tell me. You got to puppeteer C-3PO? Oh, uh, yeah, Empire. Em, in Empire. When, when was that? When, and why? When we were running around, we, we, mm -hmm. we, we put R2-3PO uh, halfway back together again. And he's in a cargo net on my back. And at where, the, where the head is. You've got a bolt there and a bolt there. So what you do, you put nylon fishing wire there and there. In the bolts where the... In the bolts are. Uh -huh. Run it down my arms onto my hands. Mm -hmm. So as I move, the head moves. <laughs> That's really fun. It's so simple. Yeah. And, you know, where are you going? Moped. Um, yeah, you know, it was. Fortunately, it was. It was probably heavier than the than the newer suit because the newer suit was plastic. Mm -hmm. This one was. I don't know what you call it over here, but it was monkey metal. <laughs> what was, is that? <laughs> monkey, Look it up, you guys. Monkey, monkey metal is a combination of bronze and aluminium. Okay. Okay, so and you know he's running around. I'm I've got him, and it wasn't easy because the floor on that corridor was like linoleum, hmm. really sharp and shiny, mm -hmm. and I've got leather boots on, so 
it was almost like going onto onto uh, ice yeah. on a pair with a with an ordinary pair of shoes. Yeah. Did you in all of the filming? I mean, you were asked to do quite a few sort of intense action scenes. Oh yeah. Did you take many spills? Did it? No. You know, I'm sure no. it was all safe. But I'm still here. Why You're still here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to ask about. Uh, playing the emotional scenes, uh, whether it was, uh, you know, in Empire when Han is being put in carbonite or the death scene, uh, his death scene in The Force Awakens. Um, how did you prepare yourself for those and how did you choose to play them uh, in the moment? Well, you look at it and you go, hmm, is he going to survive? Or how do you, you know, in, in the prison scene... You know, it was, oh, we, we know he's going to survive because I'd read the script. <laughs> <laughs> and the death scene, he, you know, we know certain things that the general public do not know. Obviously, you have to. Otherwise, normally you would ask, well, what happens to him? What happens to that? And there'd been a rumor of Harrison wanting out. And I can understand it because when you look at what he has done since, well, indie films, blah, 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 you name it, he has become one of the good guys, (laughs) the good actors of that particular mold. So... Okay, he got his wish. <laughs> Chewie could have been... I know it could have been better, but... What do you mean? How so? That well, It could have been a lot more emotional. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why, but that they, they virtually said, oh, you, you know, your emotions are this and that and this. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Because, I can, you know... With, when you're wearing that mask, you can portray a lot of um, a lot of stu- stuff that is emotional, mm-hmm. and you're there. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, well, listen, I think I think it still worked. Oh yeah, certainly it works. It works. Uh, I think you feel you get you get the emotional impact yeah. of the moment. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, when shooting with George and the other directors on the original trilogy, yeah. were those kind of questions or those kind of suggestions welcome from the cast? They're, pay- they're paying the money. <laughs> and sure. So you do what the boss told you. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but most, when you got someone like Irving Kirshner, mm-hmm. and I didn't know this for a number of years, that Irving Kirshner was one of George's uh, teachers at UCLA. Oh, really? Yes. That's why he got the emotion. Uh, that's why he got the. Um, that's why he got the directorship. Mm-hmm. And Richard Marquand was an actor before he came to become a director, so he could understand 
what the emotions were going through, what the guys in the costumes were going through. Mm -hmm. Much more of a very much, very much more of an actor, and get it right, and or it may may take to shoot two 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 shots on the same thing, Mm -hmm. so that you get the angles right and things like this. So it worked out. All three of them were good, were good, good directors. Oh, absolutely, yeah. uh, and and very different directors. Yeah, I think, exactly. You know, but but it worked. Yeah, for each it of the worked. Movies. It worked each one. But remember that each one of those, each one of the movies, is a chapter mm-hmm. of the book, and it, it's only when you start to read the book that you, that everything joins up. Yeah, yeah, a book that's still being written. Yes. Um, I want to ask, here's, here's my one nerdy question uh, I want to ask you. Uh, I'm sure that you heard about the, you know, the Ewok situation, that this was meant to be or originally conceived as a planet of Wookiees. Uh, do you have feelings about that? Do you have opinions about that? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to have seen more Wookiees? Of course. <laughs> of course. But they couldn't find them. <laughs> no, they couldn't. Guys like you are not uh, on they, every corner. They tried. They put, uh, when they were planning it, they put an advert on both the English circuit and the American circuit. Really? And I think they came up with about 15 or 16 Ewoks. So they couldn't find them, but they happened to use, you know, thing other things yeah. like little baby soft toys <laughs> as baby Ewoks. <laughs> you you look around when we're in the Ewok camp mm-hmm. in the trees, you'll see a little person, but then you'll see a baby Ewok about that big. <laughs> look at it and watch. So. That's funny. Uh, I want to go back uh, to A New Hope and ask you about seeing the film for the first time. Uh, Did you guys see dailies or was the... No. So seeing the film in the theater, presumably for a premiere or something, was the first time you saw the film. Uh, Tell me about about that that, uh, experience. Well, we get in there. We're in Odeon. And it... The scroll comes up, which was revolutionary anyway. Um, and suddenly it goes black, and the stars come up. And you see that um, Imperial cruiser going there, just keeping going. And then underneath it is a TIE fighter. You don't realize how big that type how big the Imperial yeah. is until somehow they they shrink the TIE fighter and then it disappears up the garbage chute or into the landing bay on the on the cruiser and it's still coming you know and the music and everything else I think everybody stood up as it came through. <laughs> and I'm talking about people that knew the industry 
and yeah. how how it was done. All the technicians and everybody was there. So it was quite an amazing. And the noise of John Williams' music, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It really was. Yeah, it just kind of all came together a way you've came never together, seen before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, how did your life change afterwards? You name it. <laughs> um, what were some of the joys of I mean, first of all, you were a toy all of a sudden. Yet. <laughs> yet. Uh, um, life changed until, I don't know, we went, went, came back to England. Uh, obviously, things change because you get other film offers or little films and stuff but also when when they realized that it was a marketable product because over here it didn't go down that well really yeah it was when it came to england and europe that it was uh set up and for was accepted, and then it came back to the States again, and people said, oh, my, the English have got hold of a good good product. I think we'll go and see it. So that was that was basically how it was how it happened. Mm-hmm. Now, and did you did any of you know that there were sequels coming? That there was a larger story planned uh, after the first one? Or during the first I'd, one? I'd heard rumors, okay. but I didn't believe them. <laughs> no, you know, you go, the way you, it all depends who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to someone that's doing makeup and characters, they will know better than most people uh-huh. what is, what the long-term job is. Yeah. And I got this from a pretty reliable source and that there was a possibility that Dewey was a long-term character. And it is. He, he, it, it was. Yeah. Uh, what did you have, and, and I'm asking you to remember back, I mean, it's obviously quite a while, but did you have thoughts about what you'd like to see Chewie do in the future after that first one? Not particularly, no. <laughs> they no. pay you the money, you get they to play the They pay the money, <laughs> I put the suit on, we go to the bank, and that's it. <laughs> no. so. um, have you watched the films in the years since those initial releases? Yeah. Uh, I, I've got about six copies of each. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that I don't wear any of them out. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> uh, is there a particular favorite for you? Empire. Empire, definitely. Why, why is that? It was the second one, and the, all the characters were formed. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you, you're working with, like, a college. It's almost like going back to college. Yeah. Because... All those people, you know, three, four hundred people working on a movie, they all get together and talk about things to become almost one family. Yeah. That's really nice. And it must have been incredible coming back for 
The Force Awakens. Oh, yes. To do yes. that again in a much bigger way, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and you had to sort of fight your way back to do this film uh, from, yep. from ill health. Can you tell yep. me about that for a minute? Um, well, let's put it this way. There were certain, th- as I pointed out to JJ, there's certain things I can do, certain things I can't do. And he accepted that as what is all right. We can do what we can do. Mm-hmm. And he was very nice about it. And otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> no, he was he was great. And he, he got... We had... It was enjoyable to go and work with... Daisy, John, all all the new cast. Yeah, tell tell me about the, those new kids. How do they how do they measure up to the they original are, they're cast? They're pretty good. They're, they're pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> well, they're obviously, you're not going to get another carry mm-hmm. because. But I think wisely they didn't look for another carry. Well, it depends. Oh, you know, tell me. No. <laughs> um, this one, uh, Daisy. I don't think, may be wrong, but I don't think that the character is the way she wanted it. Oh, really? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is just a thought. Sure. John is a totally different character. Mm-hmm. John is more like Mark. Mm-hmm. Because he's got that bouncy yes. step, and he's got a great sense of humor. You really, you know, working with him and having having fun, and you just go on and do it. Uh, do you feel then that the legacy of these characters, the legacy of Star Wars, is now in good hands? Do you feel comfortable with oh, that? Yeah, yeah. It all depends on. Who is going to do the next, the next three, mm-hmm. or the two, or whatever, whatever's left? But you'll go see him, right? Of course. <laughs> all right. Yep. Yep. We'll be there. I think we'll all be there. Yes. Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Peter Mayhew, everyone. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.